Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. I'm Elle Fanning, and these are the movies that changed my life. Hey everyone, I'm Ian DeBorha, and welcome to IMDb's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guest is Elle Fanning. You may know her from movies like Maleficent, The Neon Demon, or Teen Spirit, but now you can see her as the star and executive producer in Hulu's The Great. Thanks again for listening, and here's Movies That Changed My Life with Elle Fanning. Elle, how is it going this Thursday morning, early morning, late morning, afternoon? Yeah. How, is, how is it going for you? It's going great. It's good. I'm in LA. The sun is out. I'm in home, at, at home, inside, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but doing really good. I'm excited about this. Like, yeah, thanks I know. for asking me to be on. <laughs> Thank you for kind of, we just reached out to you just a couple days ago and we were able to squeeze all this in. Uh, I know. I'm you're like, like, pick some movies. I was like, yeah. I don't have. and we will absolutely get to those movies very soon which i'm very excited to talk about but before we get there let's talk about the new show you star in and executive produce the great uh which has all 10 episodes out right now on hulu the show was created by tony mcnamara who was a co-writer on the favorite uh, and is a historical satire drama comedy where you play catherine the great alongside the hilarious uh, and often dark nicholas holt as peter so talk, talk to us a little bit about that, about how it's, again, like the pseudo historical drama mixed in with sort of like uh, embellishments to, to move the story along. Yes, I think um, it's a big part of our show <laughs> that we're not <laughs> always historically accurate. Um, Tony is obviously I mean, Tony's done a ton of research um, on Catherine. And from there, I think he's pulled out the facts um, and the historical things that um, really are going to drive our story forward and help us. I think this is, you know, we're not going for the BBC historical version of, of the show. Um, we want to tell it in a different way and bring it to modern audiences. It's going to be fun and, you know, an escape and exciting and entertaining. And, you know, I think, you know, cause sometimes you also can get bogged down in the facts and, mm-hmm. and, and that's, um, 
also just not Tony's style. You know, he has a very specific <laughs> tone and a right. very specific style. Um, I think for me, it was important that we got to create our version of Catherine that could be relatable um, and someone that I think what was important for me is that I wanted to, for Tony and I, we wanted to create our version of Catherine who can be relatable and and still have the essence of what, you know, the historical Catherine did. Um, right. Obviously, I didn't know much about Catherine the Great. Actually, I wasn't yeah. taught about her in school. I knew she was the Empress of Russia. I knew that, um, you know, I knew the horse rumor. Um, sadly, <laughs> that was honestly all I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I looked up bits and pieces. Um, for sure, I learned that she invented the roller coaster. Um, the real Catherine. Yeah. I think that no, tells that's you, a fun fact. yeah, it tells you a lot about a person like she yeah. seems, sounds like a good time. Um, uh, <laughs> and then like, you know, her period was the enlightenment period. She's the longest, um, woman ruler, um, of Russia and she brought female education and art and science and all of that is included in our show. It's just not mm-hmm. done in your typical classic period way. You really get uh, a good sense of what the show is going to be throughout the first episode. So I highly, highly recommend it. Any, any last things on, on the great before we move on here? Oh, Other gosh. than watch this great show. Watch it, please. <laughs> yeah. I think it, <laughs> you'll have such a good time. And, and she's such a unique character. I think it was, what was important to me is that she's, because I'm kind of allergic to the strong female character term, mm-hmm. like hearing uh-huh. strong female character. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, sure. you know, like that's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think Catherine, I was, I really was aware that I wanted to make her to humanize her and make her yeah. have, you know, she makes mistakes. Sometimes she wavers. Sometimes she's weak. Sometimes she's incredibly brave, but it's going to be unexpected, you know? And I think there's room for that. And TV is really forged that path to have those yep. complicated women characters, you know, with Fleabag and Russian Doll yeah. and Killing Eve, yeah. you know, et cetera. So I hope that fits, fits in. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it will. Again, big fan. Um, all right. So before we get into the movies that changed your life, you want, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started about the Nightingale. Um, yeah. So this is a movie that you were going to do along with your sister. Yes. Um, so do you want, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. It's based on a book, um, called the Nightingale, which is a bestseller. Uh, it's a world war II story about sisters. Um, I think, and my sister and I, we've never worked together. I started my career playing her at a younger age. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was um, in, I am Sam. I was two and I just had to swing on a swing with Sean Penn and lay in the grass and pretend to sleep. Um, So I've played her, but we've never been on screen together, talking, acting together, Mm -hmm. never. So we've always been looking for a project where that could happen. And we finally found one. Melanie Laurent um, is going to direct it. Oh, she's directing. Yes. Yeah. Well, she, I have done a movie with her too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Called Galveston that, um, in her first movie she did was a French film called Respire, Breathe. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's, I haven't. Okay. You've got to, oh my God. She's incredible. It's, she's not in it. She's just directing it, but it's like the movie's incredible. Um, so yeah, she's, she's directing this and, we were about to go um, before the quarantine, the shutdown mm-hmm. happened. So hopefully after this is done, that will be the first project we'll do. Uh, it's funny when you said Nightingale's based on a book about two sisters. I'm yeah. pretty sure my wife, uh, my wife's book club read that 
Uh, oh. in, I, I'm pretty sure I'm like looking at it right, right now over like on our book, <laughs> so I can see it over there. Probably. Um, so they will be very excited about that when they hear about it. You can let her know. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. All right. So movies that changed Elle Fanning's life. Uh, where do you want to go first? If, oh my, it sounds so huge. Like that statement, right? <laughs> I guess we should start. I think we should start with probably the first one that I saw. Okay. Which was Never Ending Story okay. out of the so, group. So this is 1984's Never The Never Ending Story. It's a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb with 126,000 ratings. Uh, <laughs> written and directed by Wolfgang Peterson, starring Barrett Oliver, Noah Hathaway. Um, the synopsis on IMDb, which is a very surface level, a troubled boy dives into the wondrous fantasy world through the pages of a mysterious book. Uh, it is a childhood and 80s classic. Um, so set the scene for us, Elle. When was, when was the first time you watched this? Okay, so it's really, this is actually an interesting story. I was okay. filming Door in the Floor. So I was um, four, yeah, four years old because I turned five on that set. So I was around um, four or five. And Bijou Phillips was in that movie and she played my nanny in the movie we were like really like she, she loved me. Like we would like hang out on the set and like do things together. Nanny me, you know, kind of whatever. And so I went over to her apartment, which I think she was dating John Lennon's son at the time. I think it was like Sean. Yeah. I think it was like his apartment and John Lennon's (laughs) piano was there. I remember this because like, my, I mean, I was so young. This wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared. Right. Right. Like, but my grandmother dropped me off and like my grandmother knew and like, she would tell me like when I got older, she was like, do you realize like where you were the piano, like what it was? I was like, I didn't know, but we made macaroni and cheese. Okay. Like, unbelievable she made the like I remember this it was so good so crunchy on top so creamy in the middle so good and she turned on never-ending story and I'd never seen it before and I was so scared like it affected me I was terrified and I sobbed and sobbed when the horse died when the horse went into the 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 quicksand right yes yeah or the mud or something yeah Yeah, the the swamps of sadness of sadness yeah when the horse (laughs) drowns and goes i mean i was like a wreck and it just like i remember that image always and like we were sitting on the couch and and she had thought she'd like traumatized me because it affected me so (laughs) much but it's and it's funny because like I really just remember that moment. And then of course I've watched the movie many times after that, just to like figure it out why it affected me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still kind of does like it still, yeah, but it I, brings me back to my like youth, like what, yeah. I don't know what really got to me and it just got to me that whole story. Just, I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I, I rewatched it um, ahead of this and the yeah. Artex, the Artex, the horse dying in the swamp scene yeah. was like when I was watching, I mean, it is brutal. And it's for kids. It's for like, it's a kid's (laughs) movie. But I think I like that. I mean, I also love um, like visual effects that are like real. Uh Like practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. There there we go. Mm -hmm. Practical effects. Like I, I'm very partial to that. Like, I feel like, why don't we do that now? Like, I want that again. 
Like I and love looked, like Labyrinth, like all the, you know, Wizard of Oz. Like I like, the, yeah. I love the look. I'm yeah. like, I love all the puppets and, and all that. Yeah. And um, the puppet, cr- the creatures in, uh, Never, the Nevering story are amazing. And it's funny because like the first 10 minutes of the movie, right? It's a, just a normal movie. And then once he opens up the book, it goes like a hundred miles an hour. They're like, all right, enough with this real world stuff. Let's get to this weird guy riding like a racing snail and like <laughs> a guy hanging on a bat. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Do, I know. Do you have like any favorite like creatures you liked from it or uh, any specific characters from the movie who, who stood out to you oh, or man. stand out to you still? Well, I think you have to like, um, Falcor, right? The right. dragon. I think we have a dog right. that looks ex- like a lot like him. <laughs> so <laughs> sweet. I mean, I also really like the childlike um, princess. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She yeah. was the, the moon child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was literally the most like I thought she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. When I was, I was like, she's the most beautiful person like in the world. I think I just love the. I don't know, the feeling of the film, like more than specific moments. It's just like such an escape. It just takes me to this other place. Yeah. And that's what I, that I, I don't know. And I think it's so, it's like also like the acting really isn't like good. Like, so you're like, I'm I'm not watching this for the acting here. You know what I mean? I'm watching this for like, to be able to daydream and imagine. And like, what's funny, I wasn't um, like, my family's all sports families. Uh-huh. So I wasn't really not not allowed, but we never went to the movie theater growing up. Like we would not go see movies. So I was huh. when you asked me about this, I was trying to think of what was even the first movie like that I saw in a in theater. theater. Uh huh. I can't. I think it was. I think it was Finding Nemo. Like I Good think pick. that's what it was actually. <laughs> but it wasn't. But that didn't affect me. Like at the same. Right. You know. I think there's something about being alone like in your room or like watching putting the tv on the living room your parents like and you're just alone and like experiencing it with your tv set like and that's what i remember with this film it's like experiencing that by myself and like those are my secret thoughts like i don't know like it was like all for me you know with with that film specifically um and i just didn't know that films could like look like that i didn't know right. cuz i'd watch like disney movies and sure you know those are out there but this just is a different look it's so dark it's funny it's so and like dark. you know the falcor that they use in the in the movie is 43 feet long constructed of used airplane steel oh uh, my like god the, yeah so it was like it was a real thing that uh atreyu uh and bastian first of all actually do you know bastian's full name the the kid in new no, york not, no so his name uh, is Bastion Balthazar Bucks. Wow. I mean, the names <laughs> yeah. are insane. What is it at insane. the end? He has to say the name at the end, right? Yeah, he has, yeah, to, he has to change. But, like, he has to change the name. But it's like, right. what is the Because then what he, like, screams, and then it He's, goes back. It's like, I never – that was always so confusing to me. Yeah, it's funny because, like, a note I had, too, is that, like, for most of the movie, it's, like, it's very, like – whimsical it's a dark obviously like a darker fantasy but then all of a sudden it gets like very 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 deep and intense like there's a when um artreyu meets the wolf at the end the wolf i wrote down two lines the wolf says uh atreyu asks like why are you doing this why are you trying to destroy fantasia um the world they're from and Uh the wolf goes because people who have no hopes are easy to control and whoever has control has the power i'm like what kid hears that and they're like oh like you know it's that's yeah, the sort of it, thing where, no, where, where you watch it now <laughs> yeah like you watch it now uh, yeah it's funny so i get you know and and obviously like 
uh, Bastion's character. He's he's alone, needs to escape. I mean, it's cool. There's a, like a lot of really fun, deep themes yeah. in there. That... Then isn't the boy the boy in the beginning who's reading the book? He's kind of bullied. Right? Yes, in the yeah, he gets beginning, in the trash can. Yeah, he gets thrown <laughs> yeah. in the trash can. I remember that. And then he like goes, and he so he's yeah. kind of feeling alone. He's like loner, same way relating to the story. It's funny that. Um, you know, Nevering Stories on your list because the first thing I thought of is that you play uh, Aurora in the Maleficent series. So you do dabble in like the fan dark fantasy specifically. I mean, Maleficent is, yeah, in terms of, especially in terms of Disney, it's very much on the dark fantasy side. Um, did that ever like cross your mind at all where you were filming at all? Where you're like, hey, I'm kind of like in my own never ending story right, huh. <laughs> right now. I don't know. I think, I don't know if it like, if that specifically crossed my mind, but I think that I was aware that I was in a fantasy world. I mean, on those sets, a lot of it is green screen. And, but then there are like some tangible, some tangible things. I remember in the first one, we did have not like puppets, but there was like cardboard cutouts that we could look at. And Uh they were really, um, for reference, for reference. Yeah. And showing us what the creatures looked like and that. And I think there is a real side to me. That's like very interested in the, in the fantasy, like yeah. I, I, I do feel that I like it's like because there's just it just seems like endless possibilities. I like the idea that I can create a creature. It can look like anything. It can do yeah. anything. You know, I think that's the world of movies. Is like sometimes I think people get too bogged down in making movies too realistic, mm-hmm. and like oh, it just needs to look real. And it's like, well, yeah, but we live in life. We know what life looks like. Sometimes we just need to watch something that's like whoa like really stretches our <laughs> imagination you know so I, I like yeah. that feeling so I, and I think on set it's like for those Maleficent films you're constantly using your imagination like in a crazy way and sometimes you you look at yourself you're like I look insane like I'm like you know <laughs> just like talking to myself with imaginary right. fairies like doing things and you're like wow right. my job's so funny <laughs> but um <laughs> it's uh that was it, it was fun I mean I was a big fan of the Disney princesses and all right. of that growing up so right um that that always it was a big dream that was a big deal when i like got the call yeah that, that. who i mean who who wouldn't right that that's a dream for anyone oh, even if you're yeah. not an actor you're yeah. not you don't want to be in the film industry if someone just called you like hey do you want to be a disney prince or princess like 100 with yes, angelina I will drop jolie what, yeah with, like, with angelina yeah. jolie any man would do this <laughs> you yeah it's it's anyone. a win for everyone yeah um Awesome. Well, yes, the never-ending story. Uh, my last question on this before we move on to our next film. Yeah. Uh, how great is the theme song? So good. I mean, I I have that on my phone. Like, yeah. you know, like the never-ending story. Who was, yeah. There was one, gosh, there was one director. Mm-hmm. We would play that. I don't know if it, it might have been Nick Reffin. I think uh, it was on. Really? Yeah. Nick Reffin. That is, that, I, I would not guess that. I mean, I might be, I might be saying that wrong, but. I, that's what my gut is telling me. Cause he played music okay. all the time. And I think like I was humming it one day, you know, something like that. Right. He's like, let's put it on. And like, we played it. So that's a fun fact. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> Nick Reffin and Al Fanning uh, listened to Nevering Story on the set of The Neon Demon, yeah, which is yeah. uh, the last place you would expect that to come up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. 
Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Um, all right, so let's move on to your next movie, which okay. uh, I believe would be Grease. Then, yeah, let's is, do is Grease. this correct? Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Okay, so uh, Grease is nine came out in nineteen seventy eight, seven point two out of ten on IMDb with two hundred twenty six thousand ratings. Directed by Randall Kleiser, uh, written by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey, did the original musical, and then the screenplay was Bronte Woodard and Alan Carr, starring the immortal Olivia Newton John and John Travolta, among many other people. Uh, one of my favorite movies. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen this. Me but either. set the scene for us. Well, do you know the first time you saw it, or was it just something oh, that just I don't was always even. in your in, yeah? I don't even know. It's like all. It's always been a part of my life. This movie. I think if you asked any of my family members, like any of my friends, like they would say Grease is my favorite movie because I just watched it constantly. I wanted to put it on constantly. It was like I would watch it over and over and over again, and I would dress up as Sandy. So I had okay. like a costume box that was like, okay, we're watching the movie. Like I have the specific costumes and I would like pause, put everything on for each different scene that she was in <laughs> and perform it word for word. Like the songs, the lines, everything like while watching the movie. And then we had a pool outside at our old like childhood home and I would go for hopelessly devoted I would get a, a pink piece of I, I already know where you're paper, going with this. yeah, and I would go out <laughs> to the pool in like a nighty and and do and do that. That was like one of my favorite things to play was like that mm-hmm. scene outside. And I would do, and I would do that and I would spray the because uh, not Jan, uh, not Jan. What is she, the, Rizzo? Not Marty? Rizzo. Marty. Marty. Yeah, Marty yes. sprays perfume on it too before they go mm-hmm. out. Like yeah. a little spritz, and I was like from because she's like. She's doing love letters to her. I know, like, everything. Love letters yes. to her uh, her boyfriend who's, like, yes. serving. And uh, You're going with a Marine? I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, everything. It's funny. Like, I, it seems like you and I have a very similar relationship with this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but Mm-mm. my mom definitely bought me the soundtrack when I was, like, in second or third grade and always listened to it on repeat. I just thought... John Travolta, Danny Zuko was the coolest guy. I know. I mean, the way, like, it's funny, I, I rewatched it again for the millionth time. And, like, I will never get over the fact, the way John Travolta walks and talks, like, in this movie. Like, he has so much, it's so ridiculously over it's the top. It's such and a like, choice. It's like, whoa, yeah. like, but it works. 
but yes. it works. It's like, yes. wow, you're going there. You're really going there. And it just works. I mean, he was my first crush. A hundred percent. Not John Travolta, like Danny Zuko. Yeah, Danny Zuko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many quotable lines in this movie, especially from like, I mean, everyone, but Danny, like the note I wrote down. And it's funny, like in my house with, with my wife, like we always quote Greece back and forth to each other. Like, yeah. you know, I'll say, oh, what's the matter with me, babe? What's the matter with you? And yeah. like, like all these like goofy Travolta-isms. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like particular lines that like stick out to you or anything like that? I or any always, scenes? If- I always think of the, but I don't know who exactly, the hickey from Kanicki. I always remember because yeah. I was like, when I was young, I was like, what? I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know at all. And then, and then also the scene when the whole scene of like her in the car and like the mm-hmm. condom, like all that, my yes. mom would fast forward. I wasn't allowed to watch that part. And then also, and so then when I watched it, like when I was like older, I was like, I was like right. finally able to like watch what was going on. But like how <laughs> funny also like some of those lines were like when she goes yes. to the bathroom, she says she skipped her period. I'm, I'm, oh yeah. She said, I missed my period. She's like, Oh, you're skipping class already. Or yeah. Something like yeah. That, something right? yeah. like that. It's like something about like something about like a sentence and Marty's like, what? Or something. she's like, I skipped my period. Like it's screaming. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, but yeah, I would always try to like sneak and watch. And like my mom would always fast forward those things um i feel oh my god what other the whole when he's like the after the bonfire and he's like rocking and rolling rolling and, you know, and yeah. whatnot yeah exactly. <laughs> he's like sandy yeah hey, <laughs> i got a surprise for you oh yeah yeah <laughs> sandy teddy what are you, what are you doing here I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plans. I can't. <laughs> well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Danny? <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. Yeah. He is so good in it. He's so good. Oh, my God. And then the one, the drive-in scene, I also mm-hmm. never really understood. See, this is because so, I was too young. Like, yeah, I yeah. didn't understand... Um, the whole, like, when she screams and when she gets out of the car and she shuts the door on his yeah, direction. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh! Yeah, and I was like, why is he like, I was like, what happened? Like, what happened? And now watching it later, I'm like, there's so many, like, innuendos. It's very yeah, sexual, it's, the movie. Yeah, it's funny, like, the movie seems to have, like, two, people have, like, two relationships with it. It's like when they see it as a kid and, like, they love all these songs and the dancing. Yes. And then, like, when you, you know, probably high school or something like that, when you start realizing yeah. all the things. Like, another thing I never realized when I was younger is when um, she was saying like, I'm late on her period. So similar to that, like yeah, she says yeah, that to yeah. Kaniki, like I'm late. I'm like, I don't even know what that what means. That like, means what exactly. she's late. What is she late for? Yeah, I know. I know. And then you watch it like, cause I've watched it so many different ages in my life. Yeah. And then it starts to mean something else. Then it's kind of like a flirty thing. And like, this very right. sexy thing. And I mean, it's also like not the best, um, like thing to teach girls. Like, right. you know what I mean? I'm like, right. all right, just now she just change for the guy and then he'll like right. you completely change right. yourself. Um, but I do think I, the whole bad boy thing, like because of that movie was something that I was after like in right. high school and I wanted right. to be that, like I wanted that experience. I really right. did. I did. It's funny. You- 
like I like a lot of people when they think of what high school is going to be when you're you know young like in middle school or elementary school, like yeah. a lot of people go to like the John Hughes and a lot of people go to like the you know yeah. the Never Been Kiss and things they hate about you. Yeah. But for me, I thought everything was like Grease. Me too. Like, I I thought me high too. school and I've was going to be like that. I've yeah, seen yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, but it was just something that like I just related so much to that. I also think which I would normally never say this, but I think this is a rare occasion. I don't think this movie can ever be like redone in the way it's like, no, no, it just can't be touched. But I think that they were like, the actors were so much older than their characters. (laughs) But weirdly, this is the one time that I would say that it's okay. Like I would make an exception. Like they seem totally fine, but they're like 30. Like they're super old. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For these parts. But I don't care. I like it. Like I yeah, like, like it, <laughs> especially uh, what's his name, Crater Face, um, with the scorpions, like the oh rival gang. That guy, I'm like, you're not in high school. <laughs> like, like you're not, you're in, you're not in college. <laughs> no, I know. Oh yeah, she's um, oh yeah, and Cha Cha. Um, yeah, Cha Cha. Yeah, she, she looks pretty old too. Yeah, I mean yeah, they're not it's in funny. high school. It it works right, but I mean it it's works. just like there's this some sort of like nostalgia with it where you're watching it and you excuse yeah. all these things that like you know if they had made. Uh, you know, if they made book smart or like super bad with people with, that much older, like it would have been like, what, yeah. are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. I know. But we, we excuse it. Like I, it just works. There's the, I know yeah. the humor. It's just, it can never, that can never be captured. Like there's something like the chemistry with everyone on the set. That's like, so real. Like, again, we're saying like the real thing, but it is right. like they're, they created something that's like, you want to be in, like, I want to be there. I want to be there. Except for one thing, the one yes. scene that I hate. Okay. Beauty school dropout. <laughs> I do not like beauty school dropout. I never, I would always, that was boring. I always thought it was so boring growing up. Too I'm much like, of a departure. Just too much. I was like, what? <laughs> and then he's like flirting with her, the guy. I'm like, <laughs> Although I always like uh, Rizzo in that scene is so funny though because she's mm-hmm. wearing like she's wearing like um, oh, they're all yeah. wearing the, like tin foil yes. and like the, the smocks and stuff like that. Yes. And she's kind of like looking at her, but the way she's she's not singing like she's like one of the other beauty school right. angels. She's singing like she's still Rizzo and like ugh, like I don't really want to be here. It, it's That's so funny. Good. Everyone's so in their character; they just got right, it down right. so well. I mean, why do you think this movie? is going to be immortal. Like, I don't think this movie is ever going to leave any sort of place in pop culture. No, it's completely immortal. And like my kids, I will be showing that to my kids. Like (laughs) it's just weird. It's like, it just like stands the test of time. I think the songs are amazing. Like the Mm -hmm. songs are so good. There's too many, uh, like too many quotable lines (laughs) and like quotable scenes that are just little moments that are just iconic. Like yep. it's just completely iconic. I don't know. They just captured something. They were yep. lucky. They just did it. They it's did just, it. Yeah, they did it. So, so there is this, uh, before we go to the last movie, I do want to, I was doing some research and there is this f- very dark fan theory. I want to send your way to see what oh you think. Oh my gosh. That's so there's a fan theory that the reason the car flies away at the end of mm-hmm. the movie, which is completely insane is because, um, Wait, I think I've read this. So in Summer Lovin', Danny says um, he saved her from drowning. He saved Sandy from oh drowning. Oh, my God. Yes. So there's a fan theory that it's all a dream, that it's all her coma dream, which is, like, so funny. What do you think <laughs> about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that. I don't yeah. think that's what it is. <laughs> like, no, but yeah. I like 
the idea of that. I, I, yes. I like the idea, but it's definitely no. That's not what it is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you on that, yeah, but no. it's funny to think about that. That is hilarious. Um, no, then we should do the sequel where she like she wakes up, wakes up, <laughs> yeah. and then it's really what happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a very dark, like twenty eight days later sort of thing. Like everyone's <laughs> graduated; she doesn't know where she is. Oh yes. my god. Okay, so you're an executive producer now. Okay, so this is okay. this is how we get the ball rolling. This is okay. this is Grease three where she wakes up f- from the. Let's coma. get it going. Let's okay. go. And then it's like a, in this contagion world, she like wakes yes. up to Matt Damon. He's like, yes. "We got to get you out of here." <laughs> this is this is writing itself. Okay, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we have this on on audio. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Movies That Changed My Life. If you are, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to make sure that you get all of our upcoming episodes as soon as they are available because we have some awesome guests coming up to talk about equally awesome movies like Judy Greer on Casablanca, Felicia Day on Bringing Up Baby, and Kevin Smith on Reservoir Dogs. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out imdb.com slash podcasts for more content. Uh, Now let's get back to Movies That Changed My Life with Elle Fanning. Your final pick is The Virgin Suicides. This is a 1999 indie classic, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 139,000 ratings, directed by the amazing uh, Sofia Coppola. The, the book it was based off was written by Jeffrey Eugenides. Uh, it was the screenplay written by Sofia Coppola, starring Kirsten Dunst, Josh Hartnett, James Woods, Giovanni Ribisi does the voiceover, uh, among many other people. Uh, Kathleen Turner, who was absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. A.J. Cook, mm-hmm. Anna Hall. Um, so... The synopsis of this says a group of male friends become obsessed with five mysterious sisters who are sheltered by their strict religious parents in a suburban Detroit uh, in the mid 1970s. Um, set the scene on this one, the Virgin Suicides. Where did you, when was the first time you saw this? So the first time I saw it was actually, um, it was after I had actually already worked with Sophia because I worked with mm-hmm. Sophia on somewhere when I was 11 I was in that, um, and I had seen I, I had seen Marie Antoinette at that point mm-hmm. actually, um, and then I think I mean I was just pro- I I was you know thirteen like in my sure. teens like also wanted to see more Sophia Coppola films after I'd worked with her I need to watch it like I need to see it and it just completely like changed my life like the like the aesthetic of it. I was like, I want my teenage years to look like this, you know, be like that. I loved that. I could relate so much to the dreamlike quality of kind of youth and the mystery. I was like, I, it just spoke to me. And then when, when Instagram came out, my first, which is, I don't have it anymore, but my first handle on Instagram I got was Virgin Suicides. I got no that. Way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I was Virgin Suicides for a really long time. All through high school, that was my Instagram. Huh. Yeah. Did people ask like what that was? Because that's still like, a, I mean, even yeah. K- pretty kids niche, would. right? People- kids totally. Yeah. yeah, they didn't know. Not <laughs> yeah. a, They didn't know. And they were just like, Ugh, like, what do you mean? Like, they just thought it was like, cre- like weird, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like super emo suicide. sort of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, it's actually a really cool movie. Um, but I wanted, I don't know, I just wanted to be Elizabeth's sister. I wanted to yeah. be them. But I'm like, it's such a tragic end and it's tragic such story, a tragedy. Right? But just the way Sophia, obviously that was her first film. 
Yep. You, but she, from that moment, like that was her first movie, but it's such a Sofia Coppola film. She, like, yes, boom, she, it's like her aesthetic, her stamp on it. You can just see it. She has such like amazing style um, throughout. I mean, obviously in all her movies, but you see it right away in the Virgin Suicides. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the colors of the film, like there's like a yellow and blue hues and like the film grand and even like the angles they, sh- they yeah. use. Like a note I had was that, um, if you didn't know any of the actors or when this was made, you would think this movie was shot in this in the seventies. A hundred percent. I just because I just watched it uh, recently because it was the twentieth anniversary, like a couple weeks ago, um, and so I watched it again just on that day to celebrate it. And I was thinking about that. I was like, how does she make it look so? 70s like it's completely yeah. 70s like I yeah. just the the lighting and just everything even down to like and I know how specific like the girl's hair color and like the yeah, way yeah. the girl's hair falls is a very 70s way that some like yeah. people just looked a certain way back then and Sophia got it like they all yeah. look that way when you look at old photos it's like it's a, yeah, she did. A, remarkable. My note is that Kathleen Turner, who is Mrs. Lisbon, the mom of the Lisbon sisters, she kind of looks like a 70s horror mom a little bit. Like, I could see her in, right. like, a Stephen Hawking. Yeah, like in Carrie uh, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another thing is, like, the uh, when they do, like, the music montage, they do, like, split screen, which you don't see yes. anymore, really. And, they the, do, like, the, a, and the, oh, the double exposure, yes, right? Like, yes, tons yeah. of that. I love that. When it's, like, the girls in the grass or, like, you know. Um, little things. Something I pulled out of this, I haven't seen this in a couple of years. Um, and I'm curious if you think the similar way that I do, that it's really interesting that Sofia Coppola tells the story of these five Lisbon sisters. Um, but the whole story is told from the perspective of men. Yeah, um, that is interesting. Right. So mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of it is about how Josh, obviously the narration um, by Giovanni Ribisi uh, mm-hmm. is a, is told from the perspective of boys. And then as they're growing older, uh, Josh Hartnett's perspective, they're interviewing him in like the AA thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really interesting that they do that because particularly at the end, um, you know, the, the voiceover says, you know, the girls weren't hearing us calling to their rooms. We were trying to help them, but it was like, no, they were calling for you to come help them. Like, you, you know, they, the boys yeah. were sort of like not seeing where all the signs were. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, especially when the girls are ordering magazines to their house to like see the outside world. Yeah. Um, and then the boys start doing it too, but the boys are using it to like, Oh, we're going to go on a trip with, uh, the Lisbon sisters when the girls were doing it to like escape from themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's, it's really interesting that she does that. Um, I I thought that was really, really cool. And I really had never noticed that before. I love, I I find that really interesting too. I think cause it's, it's just the, the enigma of, how male males look at women and like how it's just, Oh, the enigma of them. And, and also not fully understanding too yeah. completely yeah. what they're actually going through, you know? And they're wanting to rom- I feel like the boys want to romanticize it. People saw their clairvoyance in the wiped out elms, the harsh sunlight and the continuing decline of our auto industry. Even then, as teenagers, we tried to put the pieces together. We still can't. Now, whenever we run into each other at business lunches or cocktail parties, we find ourselves in the corner going over the evidence one more time. All to understand those five girls. Like, they have mm-hmm. romanticized this as this legend of these girls, these blonde right. and the slow-mo and, like, the mystery of that. But, like, as a girl, when I watch it, 
I don't see the girls in that way. Like there, it seemed, it's very relatable to me. Like yep. that it's, Oh, they put this on them, but actually what they're really going through, you know, is heavy stuff. And I think what yeah. I love that this was a film that like as a teenage girl, I could watch it. I felt sophisticated watching it. I felt not yep. talked down to, I mm -hmm. felt like, and I think Sophia kind of found that area that I don't know was missing. I don't know if like, I, I guess it wasn't really. I think it's become a cult classic, like over. I don't yes. know if it, when it came out, if people really. I know it was a big yeah. hit in Cannes, but then it like kind of. Yeah, yeah, didn't it had, like it. it. Yeah, it had a budget of nine million. It, the worldwide gross was ten million, so just a little bit over um, huh. the budget. But yeah, wow. I mean, I think it's like it's it's a it's a really heavy movie, especially mm -hmm. at the time. Like nineteen ninety nine, we're talking like again the tenth. Like if it's a teenage film, it's about ten things I hate about you. Yeah, I've never been kissed, and these really cute. Um, you know, she's all that really cute high school dramas, and this is just like the high school high school rom coms. This completely against the grain. And she also put Kirsten Dunst in it, yes. who was like the star of all of those movies. You yeah. Know? So there's a. It's funny. Like Josh Hartnett plays Trip Fontaine, which is a great character name. <laughs> the best name ever. So he does this Halloween H two O and the Faculty, and then Kirsten Dunst does. Uh, she was already you know relatively famous at this point, but she does. The Virgin Suicides, and then goes on to Bring It On, Crazy Beautiful, and Spider-Man. So Weird. it's like Sophia like, kind of grabbed them right at the point where they're like launching their careers, yes. um, and, and it hits like perfectly for, for the role. It, it, it's funny how, how things like that work out. Yeah, and I think because um, Kirsten had told me that Sophia, when they did Virgin Suicides, or I think during Spider-Man or something, they wanted to like fix her teeth. And uh, mm -hmm. she said this in interviews. I'm not like speaking out of turn, but right. she's like, <laughs> I'm like telling her secrets. Um, but she said that Sophia was the person who said, do not fix your teeth. Like, don't, hmm. like, don't fix your teeth. I thought that was like That's great, great advice. Yeah. Um, so I want to wrap this in. So uh, obviously Sophia Coppola directed Marie Antoinette. And when I watched uh, The Great, yeah. Obviously, I had Marie Antoinette vibes coming out of there. And when I saw you had picked this, I was like, well, 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 uh, here we well, come full well, circle. Well. So is that something that attracted you to the project as well? Like, or was it when you're seeing, you're like, oh, this is sort of like, you know, Marie Antoinette was very early in terms of mm -hmm. doing like the hip historical Parody. sort of film, right? Parody, almost film sort of like stylizing the historical past. And yeah. The Great does that uh, really, really well also. Did that cross your mind when you were uh, in the executive producer's chair <laughs> or when you're reading it, you kind of saw all this coming together? Yeah, it was something that we had talked about because, I mean, you can definitely see, you know, the comparisons of that or like Barry Lyndon or Dangerous Liaisons or, you know, just like the period drama turned upside down a little bit. Right. Um, I don't think we went, didn't want to copy anything, but I think I was happy that, you know, movies like that and like the favorite have happened because it's kind of now we get to do a TV show in this genre, which I don't think if movies like that had happened that we, that they would allow us to do a show, you know, like, right. uh, um, and so we can explore it even further. Um, so yeah, definitely. Have you had a chance to talk to Sophia about the Virgin Suicides? Um, I have. Since? I okay. have, yeah. And she actually, for my 16th birthday, gave me a print of the girls. You, you, there's like a one of the famous, many famous photos, but um, the girls, they're all on their bed, like lounging on their bed. Uh -huh. It's like a vertical yeah, photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, she gave me that print and like signed it. And, uh. and so I have that. It was like, oh, because she knew that I um, – 
like was such a nerd about virgin suicides and, and loved it so much. So amazing. Amazing. Cool. Well, Al, we got to talk about three awesome movies, yeah. the never ending story, <laughs> Greece and the All virgin suicide. Seven point rain, like 7.2, like yeah. on IMDb. Yeah. Right Love around that. there. Yeah. Which is great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap here though, do you see any through line between the three movies at all as to why you think they all stuck with you? Huh. It's interesting. I think I tried to pick like films that were truthful to like that. Okay. I do feel like these kind of shaped the way that I look at the world, like in my childhood, that mm-hmm. these are the three ones that made an impact on that. And I think have honestly, like specifically Greece and Virgin suicides that like really, I tried to emulate those movies. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to manifest those things to happen in my life. Like just to maybe look that way or, you know, get that guy or have that, you know, at high school. So like I, that was a big, those are two very impactful ones. I think never ending story. I lo- I'm a big like daydreamer like type uh-huh. person. So I think it just expanded that imagination for me. Um, I know it's, it's interesting. I don't, I mean, also, I mean, Greece and never ending story. There are some, there's some like yeah. fantasy, like fantastical things. And I think totally. in virgin suicides, they're all kind of fantasy. Yeah. Actually. They all have like those sort they're of whimsy. Yeah, yeah. Cause virgin suicide, you could look at like a big old giant dream fantasy, yeah. like, and then yeah. obviously never ending story. And, <laughs> and Greece is, we know it was truly a dream. Yes, yes. As as we've discussed here, yeah, it is yeah. for Greece three. Yes, that is yeah. where it's going to be. This was an awesome chat. I'm I'm glad we got to to bond over, <laughs> over these three movies. Me too. That um, was so fun. Loved yes. it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, stay safe out there, and hopefully, we get to see uh, the Nightingale and uh, some other projects as well soon. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, and if you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to like it, rate it, review it, share it. All of the above. And if you want more information about Elle and her picks, head over to imdb.com slash podcasts.